This is Milton Justice, and the podcast, I Don't Need an Acting Class. Greg is with us again today, and uh, something happened with Greg last night in scene study class, which uh, I've been thinking about, and it really had to do with this concept that we talk about kind of all through everything. Certainly, it was a Stella Adler bumper sticker. Your talent is in your choices. And, and I sometimes think actors will look at me and say, but God, it's such a cool choice. And I think, yes, but this is kind of the issue that comes up, which we haven't quite put together by making it a simple, your talent is in your choices. So, yes, this is true. But there are issues. The first issue is that your choice must be appropriate to the piece that you're doing. So it's not just a talented choice. It's a talented choice that has to do with what you're doing. And the reason you can't marry, and boy, it is so hard, and it happens all the time. It's like, I love this choice. I love this choice. I can't let go of it. It's like letting go of your child, this choice that I've made. But the more that you know about the play you're doing and the more in-depth you get about the play that you're doing, suddenly the choice doesn't make sense anymore because the choice comes out of your understanding of the play. And I may make a choice that in, in the scene between Chris and Anne and all my sons, that he leans over and kisses her on the forehead at one particular point. And man, that sounds like a cool choice. And I've never seen it done before. And I might sit back and say, God, that's really cool. He's doing this huge monologue, but he looks over and sees her and gives her a kiss on the thing. Well, the problem is it's not appropriate to the piece because the more in-depth I get with the monologue, I realize that particular activity says something that fights what's going on in the monologue. Greg brought it up yesterday in the scene that he's doing about the relationship with the father. Well, it was a really smart choice that he wanted to make his father proud, but not necessarily what this play is about. And so that's the issue. It's a good choice, but we don't know enough about the play yet to know whether or not that choice, and it may, whether or not that choice fits in to what the play is about. The choice not only has to be appropriate to the play, however, Stella uses the term pay a price for your choice. Uh, and by pay a price for your choice, I think you have to earn it. So you can make any choice you want as an actor, any choice. You can make anything believable, I think. But you have to pay the price for it. You have to understand as an actor that there is a difference between my lover died of AIDS and I can't find an apartment in Manhattan. There's a difference. And the cost emotionally that it will cost me for my lover died of AIDS 
is huge. In fact, it's so huge that I think to myself, ugh, God, I can't do that today. I'll have to get to that tomorrow. Because I know and I know how big the price is. I can't find an apartment in New- well, looking for an apartment in New York is a horror. But I can get to that today. So that's the big issue. I have to have a sense of exactly how big my choice is. I can make any choice. But part of my actor sense has to be how much I can, what it takes for me to earn it. I've used this example before, but it's just because I loved it, because it's something that Stella said when a girl was doing Doll's House. And she looked at this girl and she said, darling, you're talking about one of the most enormous concepts in history, human freedom. And you're playing it like you're talking about a sale at Bloomingdale's. And that's really it. (laughs) We go through these phases. It's always interesting to me. I don't know where they come from. Maybe 12, 15 years ago, I was directing a production of Three Sisters in New Zealand. At, at a school called Unitech, and a really gifted group of actors. And they were all doing all sorts of research. And so one particular point, they came in, and one of the girls said, do you think Arena was sexually abused by uh, Chibutican? And I looked at her and I said, oh my God, you've been reading Yale essays, haven't you? And she said, yes, how did you know? And I just remembered this period around the turn of the century that every single female character had been sexually abused and it was i don't know it went through a phase well i mean the first of all it makes no sense because of the play you know we would have some sense of it if it existed but the other thing was the price you have to pay for that this whole issue of actors reporting facts of a play without having earned the facts of the play. My husband's an alcoholic. It's like, okay, okay, I answered that question, now I can play it. Without understanding the price that you have to pay in order to have earned, my husband is an alcoholic. So uh, that's one of the issues. Okay, so... Your talent is in your choices. The choice has to be appropriate to the play, the theme of the play and what's going on in the play. And then you have to pay a price for it. And then the kicker, it has to be good theater. And boy, sometimes I think that that's something you've either got a sense of or you don't have a sense of. We were just watching that part of that documentary on Elaine Stritch. And boy, you talk about a sense of good theater. I mean, that lady, even confessing to the documentarians where she was in her life was interesting. I think we have an instinct for good theater. It's just when we're doing a play, we either doubt it or we just don't know what it is. In life, we do. If you tell me something that happened between your apartment and my apartment, 
um, you're not going to bore me to death with inconsequential things that make me want to slit my wrists. Um, I didn't just tell you that I might be late because I went to the laundromat, which is boring. I was clear to say I went to the organic laundromat around the corner, and then all of us, I said the same thing to Greg, and all of us commented, what on earth could that possibly mean? What is an organic laundromat? And so suddenly it was the idea of an organic laundromat was much more interesting than the laundromat. So it's like we do have a sense of it. It's a sense of, it, it is the sense that comes from storytelling. It's almost as if you should approach every play as if you're talking to a child. And you know how bored a child gets. And so you have this, you, you're trying to keep the child from being bored. And so everything has a, has a little bit more. I, <laughs> I boldly um, sent an email to class a couple of days ago in, in which I bravely brought up the classes we had when we were younger in grammar. And there was something called, I think these were cases of adjectives maybe. And so there was the comparative, good, better, best. And so it was the comparative adjective, Greg is prettier than you are. And uh, so that's the comparative. And then there's the superlative. In the superlative, you're the most beautiful man I've ever seen. So, in, and so what I suggested to the actors was that sometimes what we need to do to turn the dial on our choices is to move them into the superlative case. So it's not just that the boy was sad. He's the saddest boy we've ever seen. I don't just choose that I didn't get into the first college I applied for. Nice choice. What I choose is I was rejected from the best colleges that I applied for. And, and turning the dial like that, now all of a sudden it's something. And it helps me. It helps me because I'm trying to build a relationship with my father. So I've taken an idea I have, which I may or may not use the more I rehearse, but I do want to play with this idea that I want to make him proud. So I didn't just not get in to Harvard. I didn't get into Harvard, I didn't get into Yale, and I didn't get into Princeton. I was rejected to the best colleges on the Eastern Seaboard. I don't need an acting class. We'll return after this. For reasons that absolutely shock and surprise me, a lot of people who listen to the podcast have said they'd like it to be longer. Well, I don't think it's that crazy of an idea. I mean, people love you. So we are doing this. We have created a bonus subscription service. You can subscribe 
on our website, I don't need an acting class.com. Just click on the link. And for $3.99 a month, you get a lot of benefits. You get extended, unedited episodes, chapters of Milton's next book, personal audio responses to your acting questions. And what we're most excited about is our new series called Conversations on Acting, where we will invite actors of note to come talk about their process. If you are a subscriber, you will get a special invitation to that conversation where you can participate, you can ask questions. So sign up now to get all that good stuff at I don't need an acting class.com. Okay, I have a chapter in the book called Too Much, Too Little. I keep thinking about, oh my God. There was a kid named Tony. I love Tony. And so Tony was building a choice about a past. The first thing he said was, so I came out of the door and I ran down the street and I got on the bus. And sometimes I stop people mid-sentence. And I said, Tony, you put me to sleep by the time you got halfway down the block. And to which he responded, but I saw it. I saw it, and I really liked it. I mean, it was a, it's a really gorgeous street. And so it was an example of too little. It just, it, he liked the choice in his mind. It fed him emotionally, but it kind of fed him emotionally, but none of us got it. Okay, too little. JP was doing an exercise. We, we, we have an exercise about building something you love or building something you hate. JP was building, I hate my job. JP, I thought, was going to have a heart attack because of what he was building. He was so emotionally connected to it that I thought, oh my God, this is, this is dangerous. And I, and I said to him, you know, this isn't therapy. This is an acting class. I, I know you feel much better about getting this out. Um, however, there are other elements that go into it. it it's you, and, and this is the reason that, it, that, that this weird term, good theater, falls in. Because it is not good theater when the audience fears for the actor's life. It needs to be controlled. And look, there are all sorts of things. It's like, I know for a fact, yelling on stage is not effective. It's in the same way, yelling in life is not effective. Somebody starts yelling at you, you listen for about four words, and then you tune out. Well, imagine an audience looking, listening to an actor yell. And the number of times people think yelling is effective we have class at Shetler Studios in New York, and it, God, there's so many like places and people are having auditions. And as you walk down the hall, you, you hear all this yelling. And I, I laughed. We I laughed in class the other night because I could hear somebody in another studio, and I said, "Kind of makes you want to go in and help them, doesn't it?" I mean, it's because there was all this yelling, and it was so intense. And it's like, and you're thinking to myself, "God, there is so much bad acting going on." So, okay, so that's one thing. 
a lot of it is, I really feel it. Man, I really feel it. You can tell because I'm really angry and you want to kill yourself. And of course, the other is crying. Bobby Lewis had a great line. He said, if crying made an actress, my aunt in Brooklyn's the greatest actress that ever lived. And it's so true. It's just like, God, give me a break. I got in trouble. I, as I get older, I, I find that I do this thing, and, and Stella Adler was the worst. I used to take her to the, the theater, and she'd start talking out loud. And I was watching a production in Los Angeles of All My Sons, and the woman had decided that every line was just, it was tragic, and you have to, you have to help us. You have to protect us. And we made it through two acts of that. And then suddenly in the third act, why is he here? You have to do this. And I couldn't help myself. And out of my mouth came, oh, for God's sake, stop it. Half the audience had turned and looked. But you kind of want to say that. It's like after a while, you, what's going to happen to us? And I'm sure the actress felt it. But God, who wants to watch that? So, I don't know. We have to be so smart as actors. And eventually somebody, some acting teacher, someplace will say to you, you, you know, stop yelling. You know, on a more serious note, I think that there are parts that you have to realize, I can't play this part at this moment in my life. I may have even mentioned this before. I had Meryl Streep attached to a movie in which her child died. And Meryl Streep is so smart, she knows what you have to do in order to earn that choice. And she basically said, I'm a mother now. I can't do that. Just won't go there. Were you in school with uh, Charles Saccharides and Anson? Anyway, okay. So they were doing a scene in my scene study class at NYU from Angels in America, and they were building a past, a scene not in the play. And it was very embarrassing because my best friend had died of AIDS a few years before, and it was something I'd probably never dealt with because I just, you know, you went on with your life. And suddenly in the midst of the scene, I just tears poured down my face and I thought I and I realized I can never direct that play because I know what it costs to go there and I don't want to go there so I think that there are things this is weird but I just think there are things that if you know you have to go there wherever there is and I, it's another one of those words in acting that I have no idea what it means. But if you know you have to go there, and it's part of the choice that you make, then you must go there. In other words, you're approximating an emotion and approximating a connection. And because you're approximating it, it's a lie. And it looks like bad acting. And I, I really do think we should keep bad actors out of this country and put a wall up on Broadway.
Hi, everybody. It's Walker Vreeland. I'm the producer of I Don't Need an Acting Class with Milton Justice. Director of online media is Evan Sollers, and music is provided by David DeJuice. If you have a question or comment you'd like Milton to address on an upcoming episode, email us at questionsformilton at gmail.com. Again, that's questionsformilton at gmail.com. And if you like the podcast, please subscribe and leave a review. Thanks so much for listening.